Welcome to Open to Truth. My name's Clinton. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. I think the time has finally arrived to let everyone know what what are we doing here? What in the world are we doing here? <laughs> why have we done a podcast at all? Open to Truth. What is it and why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, and so like there's different emphasis uh, different ways to emphasize the question. Yeah. Why are you doing a podcast? Why are you <laughs> you doing a podcast? Why are you doing a podcast? Why are you doing a podcast? <laughs> I want to touch on each of those <laughs> ways of uh, asking the question. I think one helpful thing for you guys probably to hear is our stories. Yeah. In a little an bit of context. An abridged version. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of how we got interested into this stuff and why we felt like a podcast would be. Why go public with it? Yeah. Yeah. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So. Grew up in a Christian household. Dad's a pastor. Uh, I'm having theological conversations with him all the time. Like Even in, like young age? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like in the car rides and we'd go play putt-putt mini golf. And I'd ask, he'd always listen to like conservative talk radio in the car. And mm-hmm. I'd be asking questions about that. And he's like, oh my God, even my 12-year-old son understands. <laughs> and like always was really encouraging and That's like great. fostering a, a love of learning and wanting to understand things. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, I kind of flirted with some uh, going into medicine for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Similar type of drive, like really wanting to understand the human body and was really interested in science. Really wanted to understand what it's like to have a lot of money and respect. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. That was the true <laughs> motivation. Yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I thought like, hey, doctors are pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh so one of the first courses I took in the program was an ethics course. Mm. Apparently they want their physicians Doctors to be ethical, to be, yeah. <laughs> morally minded. And boy, was I just enamored with the whole, just everything about that class. Wow. This um, is your first introduction to formal philosophy. That it was as yeah. a discipline. So okay. I'd, I'd read a fair bit of theology books growing up and been acquainted with it, but nothing quite to the scale of um, like, just a bro- outside of Christendom, like yeah. secular people are doing this too and are trying to understand people their world. Thinking carefully about things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole field. <laughs> uh, and frankly, like just how the ethics course was set up, it was mostly uh, ancient authors. Uh huh. Okay. It's so like Plato and Aristotle. And what they were saying, at least the translations we were using, was so clearly uh, mimicked some of my own thoughts about, in this case, morality and ethics. Yeah. And like, wow, someone's been. Someone 3,000, 2,000 years ago thought about this. Thought about this also. I just thought that was so neat. Yeah. Um, and the, kind of the universality or timelessness of yeah. philosophy in that way. Thought it was very, very cool. And so I was just immediately hooked. Um, about like six months to a year later, I dropped out of the med program mm-hmm. and pursued philosophy full time. Wow. A bit to the chagrin of my future wife, who was. <laughs> Thinking about marrying a doctor. She was on board with the doctor plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily a philosopher, but that's what happened. And being raised in a Christian home, I have always been pretty like missionally minded. There's a sense of uh, when you're a follower of Jesus that there's this kingdom of God mm. and seeing God's will manifest in the world, like that human lives are flourishing and are going well and yeah you can participate uh, in that yeah and i always always i keep saying always and i don't mean to i don't really like it when Let's people do precise. that so, yeah. sorry <laughs> um 
I found that I would be best suited in that kingdom project using my mind and an ability to bring clarity to ideas to further the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pursued a seminary in, out in California, and part of that was getting a master's in philosophy. And the whole project was, at the time, I want to go be a tenure-track professor at a university. I thought it was so cool that like they got to talk about God in the classroom. Yeah, you can influence minds yeah. in the classroom. And we can kind of affect culture from the top down. Sure. And that ultimately like people can meet Jesus and be in relationship with him mm-hmm. through the machinations of even ideas and philosophy. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really neat. Thought I was particularly gifted or uh, adept at doing that. And so I pursued it full steam ahead. Uh, went to a PhD program at Loyola University in Chicago and have been there for the past five years until recently moved to Ohio. Still trying to finish up the dissertation. Mm-hmm. But uh, without going into, into it too much, since I started this whole plan in 2007, I feel like the university has just kind of gone a different direction than I anticipated is pretty left leaning in a lot of ways that make some of those discussions that I fell in love with, uh, not as possible anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, certain ideas about God or Christianity or anything that might be perceived as conservative is really thrown under the bus in academia these days. So your potential for influence, not so much. And honestly, when I, so when I started college, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but, and YouTube had just started, I think in Oh four around there. Yeah. And it wasn't like that big when I was in college. Yeah. It was like reasonably used, but, or just the internet in general, obviously it was being used and I used it throughout school, but it just seems like it so permeates uh, how we do everything now. Oh my gosh. How information is gathered. That's how I learn. It's one of the primary ways I learn. Yeah. I think, right? YouTube, probably. That and podcasts, <laughs> books. And so I kind of want to, so in answer to why do a podcast uh, instead of why be a professor at a university, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think like this is a more like future minded kind of going with the times move for me. Yeah. Uh, so I taught classes at Loyola, Loyola, geez. And I think while I was there, I had about 200 students Mm -hmm. over, over the years. And already, I think there's probably more folks than that who have listened to this podcast in the past few months. Yeah. So just the, and through the the blog posts reach. Yeah. The reach of things through the internet, than just a brick and mortar classroom and the barrier to entry. I mean, these kids are paying like thousands of dollars to hear me talk, um, so I just really enjoy the idea of this as a, a way to like, if, if part of my goal was to be missionally minded and affect the kingdom of God in this way, yeah. then a podcast, you could argue that it does a better job in some ways. And there's no censorship going on in this basement. That's right. You can say whatever the heck you want down here, man. Great. I'm, yeah. I love that about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yep. Well, my story is, um, Definitely less academic, but just sort of the fruit of my personal journey. I get like you, grew up in a Christian home. I'm a dad, love Jesus, always been involved in the church, never on staff at a church, but, you know, preaching different ministries and stuff like that. So I grew up like you, having theological discussions from as early as I can remember. And to this day, when we get together, 
that's what we talk about. We talk about Jesus. And um, it was somewhere in my my mid-teens that my faith kind of became my own. I had, you know, like a come to Jesus moment and uh, kind of decided I wanted to pursue him on my own, not just because my parents told me to. And it was soon after that, a couple years after that, I'm a gamer, spent a lot of time online in forums and stuff and got chatting with some pretty pretty militant atheists on the WoW forums one day. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, and it was really interesting for me because I was t- woefully ill-equipped to answer any of their objections. Uh, I couldn't articulate. How did you handle that in the moment? Did you say, like, I'm not sure. I'll try to get back I did. to you. Or I, did you try to fire off a little No, I did my jab best. To- I, there were no jab. I wasn't jabbing. Okay. I was pretty charitable in it. But I was attempting. I was it felt like I was being backed up to the edge of a cliff and, you know, mm. I was really trying to stay on with okay. on, with my tippy toes. I remember pointing to Josephus as a source and that's about all I knew. Oh, yeah. like, how do you know miracles <laughs> took place? Oh, um, I don't know. I know about Josephus maybe. Anyway, um, so learned pretty quickly. I was like, okay, I've got some learning to do because they just demolished my worldview in a few minutes. So that's what led me in a search um, for... My brother actually turned me on to the work of William Lane Craig, Dr. William Lane Craig yep. at Reasonable Faith. Philosopher. Yeah, and so I started to go uh, just devour as much as I could in philosophy and apologetics. And this was my first introduction to formal philosophy. Like you, mm. I'd been talking theology for years but didn't realize this was a whole area of discipline with careful rules and best yeah. practices. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so that was, you know, I got his philosophical foundations for a Christian worldview and started slugging away through that textbook. Um, it was my introduction to formal logic, all of that, and was a huge growth spurt for me. Uh, all of the arguments for natural theology, so arguments for the existence of God and truth of Christianity, uh, devoured that stuff and then kind of put it to bed. When I was about eighteen or nineteen, kind of you thought, arrived. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. All right, I did what I set out to do. I've bolstered my faith. Don't really need to look at it again. Um, and really, kind of became intellectually lazy. Like mm-hmm. for I don't know, a good seven, eight years or something. There is a feeling, and I, I've greatly benefited from Craig's work, but even in kind of his platform, it feels a little bit like Christian textbook. Hmm. Of like here, here's what. Here's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Here's how you respond. Right. And here's what you say. So it was invaluable, really, really useful for me growing spiritually and just as a thinker and as a person. But I I just say that to say, like, it's not that weird that someone who goes through that would experience this sensation of, like, having Uh arrived. I I did it. I completed the material. I did the defender's course. Right. I'm now ready to man the wall. defend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it, it kind of... I became pretty intellectually lazy. I didn't read a whole lot for a few years mm. there. Um, was not trying to overturn ideas that I had held. My Jenga tower was built and was. I didn't really want to mess with it because I'd been through what it's like to try to reconstruct a mess. And I don't want to do That's a lot of work, just emotional investment. Right. I don't want to do that again right now. So throughout that decade from age 18 through well, now, I guess, but a few years ago especially, questions would pop into the back of my head and I would pretty quickly tamp them down and and try to shut them behind a door. So first ones that I can remember thinking about were something about this story of um, hell being a place of eternal conscious torment where most people go and then also trying to hold that God is unconditionally loving. Something about that wasn't adding up for me, but I didn't want to really explore it, so I shoved Mm -hmm. it away. Um, Also, the way that 
I was approaching scripture was making less and less sense for me. Um, mm. Approaching it as a, you know, a one-voiced, you know, contract uh, from God. Constitution. Yeah, constitution. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Um, that that was starting to expose itself as being untenable if I examine it too closely. Um, so I did not examine it too closely. Yeah, kind of shut it down. Shut it down. Don't think about it. There was a good two years there where I was just like, I knew that I had those questions, but mm -hmm. I didn't want to do the work of trying to figure it out. Do you think that was producing like anxiety under oh, the surface? Oh my gosh, dude. Yes. <laughs> so much anxiety. Cause this whole time I'm involved in ministry. I still love Jesus and I'm following mm -hmm. him and seeing lives changed and my own lives being transformed. And, uh, you can I'm develop on, like an imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. I'm on staff at a church and it's like, man, if they knew the questions I have, um, yeah. they wouldn't want me here anymore. And so wow. there was, there was a ton of anxiety I carried around with that. I'd have panic attacks driving to church. Like, I don't think I can do this or, uh, so yeah, very uncomfortable, especially when you're being put in, you know, you're, you're teaching and leading people. Um, and I didn't feel like I had permission to also be a searcher yeah. and a seeker. And so I think like just how you're describing that, that's exactly what we want to do with the podcast. Yeah. Like here yeah. are two, I'm not technically a pastor. I'm a director. You're a director. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, two guys in ministry that have a lot of questions about not just peripheral issues. Right. Like well, communion and baptism and. Yeah, like, but also the big stuff. Yeah, like who is Jesus? And let's well, what's the Holy Spirit? Let's really get yeah. clear on how what, that works. How, what is the nature of the Bible, and how <laughs> should we use it? And so it's like some of this really what you know kicked the door down for me that I'd been stuffing everything behind was seminary. You wow. know, I was sent to seminary with an opportunity to pursue a master's in divinity, and this was my first time ever really studying the Bible in an academic setting, and it was like those questions I could no longer ignore. With the stuff I was being presented with, something had to change. My paradigm had to shift. Um, and so, yeah, this, these kinds of conversations are conversations that you and I were having throughout this journey. We've been friends for nearly a decade now. And so as this was all going on, we're obviously talking about this stuff. And I found these conversations to be really life-giving. It was like, mm. you are my refuge in the storm or, <laughs> or at least another boat that was lost at sea. Yeah. We found each other out here somewhere. <laughs> Bumping into each other yeah, so, in the darkness. Uh -huh. <clears throat> I think one way to prevent that sense of being lost at sea, at least in part, is to develop what we might call the intellectual virtues. Sure. So I'm not saying you'll never go through a time of doubt and tumultuousness like you were talking about, but when you tamp down questions, like honest, genuine inquiries that you want to undertake and in, in any aspect of your worldview it probably will lead to some kind of anxiety mm. and the antidote is to practice these virtues so like the the intellectual virtue of cur being intellectually curious mm. uh that you you're and part of being curious is you want to find out the nooks and crannies and how something works um you're not totally satisfied with a pat answer or a quick little, honestly, like just a little Bible verse. Well, is there something there in curiosity about, it's not just you want to know something so that you can avoid going to hell or something. Isn't there something like, when I think of curiosity, I think yeah. I just want to know it for its own sake. Mm -hmm. I'm just pursuing knowledge for its own sake. Just it's interest, 
this universe is interesting. Yeah. And my curiosity about it and the fact that we exist here is just almost insatiable. I just want to know what the heck we're dealing with here. Yeah. You know? Not so that I can get out of some future horrific thing. Right. That's really good. You know? And so I think we, a lot of times in the church, lose that childlike wonder, that curiosity about the things that are most sacred to us. Yeah. We've arrived in our beliefs and we don't want to reassess them. And yeah. Yeah. Um, The virtue of being intellectually courageous, courage, the willingness to drop one of your previously held cherished beliefs and to change, to change your mind. I think differently about this now than I did. Wow. That, that takes a bit of courage when certain things are on the line. Yeah. Respect at, home at work at church sunk Um, cost yeah when you've held a certain thing for 50 years and to change it would be oh man yeah and to do that requires being intellectually honest Hmm. that i no longer think this is true so i need to have the courage to toss that out and adopt the other thing Mm -hmm. or just sit in a, a autopilot mode of uh, withholding judgment. I just don't know yet. Yeah. You know, just, I'm going to ride here until further evidence convinces me. Sure. Um, <clears throat> definitely easier said than done. The, yeah. The courage thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if it always comes across in the podcast, but I want, I want this to be a place where we model those virtues. Yeah. So I think maybe you've got from our stories that both of us have, change some of our beliefs and if certainly if you listen to past podcasts Mm -hmm. where we talk about some of the theological topics we discuss where we where we came from what we used to think right and now what we do think and the reasons why Mm -hmm. and you can judge for yourselves the merits of those reasons but we have like not we're not bragging but we've participated in some of these virtuous intellectual projects of courageousness and being honest uh, and being curious and so maybe it doesn't come out so much like on the spot in the moment, but like we've done that in the past and here is the product of that virtuous journey. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds kind of prideful, but um, so I, because a lot of times these discussions are tarnished by vicious behavior. Yeah, they, they can very frequently, um, devolve from being civil charitable mutually beneficial life-giving they can turn into uh defensive sort of i'm right you're wrong uh which i think really is based out of fear the spade that is used to cultivate the garden of the mind is beaten into a sword to wow. Thrash down the plants I've built. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. What else needs to be said on that? That's that's how it can often go. So. Oh, do you have like? Can you be more specific? Like, how? What? How does that play out? What the beating down with a? <laughs> well, just like an- an- being angry, defensive. Yeah, I mean, well, at, at a certain point. I've definitely had, or I should say, I've tried to have similar conversations with people who uh, aren't willing to go there. And you can tell pretty quickly if mm-hmm. somebody's not willing to go there. Like, more about this on our Disagreeing Agreeably 
episode go check that out because that's kind of all about this but yeah. but yeah. at some point when it stops becoming a mutual discovery of truth and it becomes about somebody winning and somebody losing you really lose the spirit of what we're trying to do here it's yeah. it's supposed to be a mutual like we're open to truth that's the thing that we're all searching and we might be coming at it from different angles right but we're all on the same team trying to find the same thing here and i would say like i want to be really clear this is not a teaching podcast yeah it's not like your so it's, uh, this is not it's from not our it's not from our church no this isn't like a class for anyone that attends our church these are two friends who've known each other for 10 years that have undergone like serious upheaval in their theology mm-hmm. we've worked through it together in private we're now offering it in public because we find we think it could be genuinely helpful to have a resource like that like how good would it have been during that storm to have like Oh, something man. like this like here here's someone that does what i do as a pastor mm-hmm. and is probably aware of the different uh struggles and stresses that come with that kind of work but is courageous enough yeah. to display the humility of not knowing all the having all the answers and that yeah. would have been really valuable i think totally i so yeah would you're have right. been for me it's not a certainly teaching podcast i hope it's a modeling podcast i hope that we're able to like when i think about why am i doing this why tony why are you doing this podcast because i don't have the philosophical training that you have but i am in a unique position of having been a pastor for Mm -hmm. a while now and also going through this journey and i i have this unique opportunity to be transparent about pastors are people too <laughs> pastors are humans too they, they're yeah. not some spiritual elite who have it all together and have it figured out we are people who are limping after jesus the best we can trying to figure out who he is what he calls us to how he thinks about us and so being able to model this is what this is what the christian walk looks like mm. with all of its ups and downs and doubts and twists and turns and uncertainties and the the main common thread i think is that God really desires our trust uh, in all of that. And it's okay to have questions. It really is. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping to bring to the table is at least model that kind of transparency. Totally. And there there are certainly occasions and maybe a lot of them where I or Tony will like assert something. Like we do have beliefs. Of course. Yeah. And we think that they're right. Right. I think that all of my beliefs are right. <laughs> in the In the sense that I would, hopefully I would have the wherewithal to either just be agnostic about it or reject the belief if I thought it was false yeah. or didn't have enough evidence. Yeah. So in that sense, what I catalog in my mind and believe about the world, I do think is true. That's just right. what it kind of the moment means. you stop thinking it's true, you'll think something <laughs> else is true. Right. And you'll yeah. have that instead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, that, but that's not to say that I'm trying to, or Tony is impart all of my beliefs onto you. Oh man. I, hopefully I'm presenting it in such a way that like, here are the reasons why I think yeah, it's true. Here's what led me to this position. And if you don't think the argument is good, if it doesn't follow, those are bad reasons. They're just false. Uh, that's fine. I mean, right into the show, right in the show. Tell us. I would love to know where I'm wrong. Cause I want to have all and only true beliefs. True beliefs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So we kind of talked about life of the mind. That's a benefit of the podcast, mm-hmm. cultivating that. We're trying to model things. And then the third one, which is related to kind of your story about going through that storm, mm. is the resourcing aspect. This would have been great. 
oh, for yeah. you at the time. Oh, it would have been so encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think there's other people out there like that. And not just pastors, but um, folks that go to church. Yeah. And maybe the church that you go to, everything so far in our podcast would be completely taboo to talk about with mm-hmm. leadership or others there yeah. out of fear of judgment. Like, yeah. yeah. Not one of us. Or I'm not You're going to hell. Enemy You're- of the gospel. All of those things yep. are possible <laughs> charges that could be levied against you. Yeah. Uh, also, we just have friend. Both of us have friends that are uh, like Christians that are questioning things mm-hmm. and maybe atheists or agnostics. Yeah. That I think are wrestling with a caricature version of Christianity. Yeah. Um, I've got buddies who have thrown in the towel on what they would call Christianity, but their idea of what Christianity is and my idea are pretty different. I think right. the, th- the things that they are rejecting are the same things I would reject, mm-hmm. you know? So there's not as much conflict there as maybe they think. They're dealing somewhat with a straw man. And so being able to present alternatives or at least the landscape of like, look, here are the views that are available to the Christian. Yeah. Um, and even though it's unsettling and that happens in seminary where you, that kind of dismantling can occur, that's also like simultaneously the strength of it. One thing that I found really cool, just when you go to seminary, they assign you books. It's largely just a big reading time. It's a lot of reading you need uh, to do. And you'll have books on four views of the atonement. Mm-hmm. What? I thought there was just one view. The atonement. Yeah, the yeah. atonement. <laughs> And so, like, when you find out, oh, there's godly men and women across this world and across the ages that think differently on this, disagree agreeably, Mm -hmm. think the other people are wrong, but are doing it in a charitable way, and we can also have fellowship and be considered Christian or in in the family, uh, is a really valuable thing that comes from seminary. And I think that's lost on a lot of Christians that don't go to seminary. That's a really cool value that... Um, look, people think differently, even on the most sacred of topics. Yeah. And we can still break bread together um, and live life together. Yeah. We're, all, we're all still, like you said, limping after Jesus. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, from a resourcing perspective, I hope the podcast can further that and the blog that we're trying to do with it. Yep. Uh, now, just in closing, a little bit of uh, news or goals or hopes for the podcast vision that's the christian way to say it oh sorry (laughs) what do we want this thing to look like um what's our dreams for the open to truth platform if you will what's the end game one thing we want to see more of is listener feedback Mm -hmm. yeah we genuinely want to hear from you so not only um not only like if you have found the podcast encouraging for whatever reason if you're someone who's been on a journey and it's like oh you find solidarity here and that's useful. We'd love to hear that. If you think that, uh, you know, you have landed in a different position on some particular issue and you've got good reasons and we've missed something, please, please engage right in, join in the conversation. That's the whole Mm -hmm. idea. Like he and I are having these conversations anyway. The reason we're making them public, or at least one of the reasons is so that you can join in uh, and have your voice heard. I would love it if every episode we had some emails to read out and interact with. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. And a crucial word in that sentence that I'd like to hone in on is okay. uh, we would like to have emails. Yeah. So I don't know. Just did I say that? Yeah, you did. Okay. Like I, I want to interact with you if you disagree. Oh, P- please contact us. Uh, I see what yeah. you mean. Yes. Let the reader understand. Yeah. Contact us. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
another big way to help us. So I'll just say this. Um, maybe it's kind of obvious. The larger a podcast gets and it's following, mm. the higher the quality. Sure. So for one thing we really want to do is have guests on. Yeah. And so like some cool guests like Pete Enns or great. Richard War. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. That'd be awesome. It's hard to even like fathom that being a possibility. But they're just not going to come on. If we have five a, a listeners. A little dinky podcast. Yeah. And we don't. We're just for every, all of you listening, you kind of track with us. We're like cruising at about 100 downloads a week That's cool. as, as we record this now thank you if you're one of them yeah if you're listening right now thanks that's pretty cool it's really flattering. so it's a little community that's growing it's growing exponentially each month mm-hmm. so that's really neat uh so the more folks that you share this with if you follow on sh- social to share those posts from the facebook page mm-hmm. or follow on podbean which is where you can get all the list of episodes just tell your co-workers about it or something or like we said we have atheist and agnostic friends mm-hmm. that like we had that in mind as a resource, but that's actually happened where yeah, listeners have given the podcast to those sorts of folks and have found it really valuable as opening up conversation. Yeah. And I think it deepens friendships and relationships too when you talk about the most sacred of things. Absolutely. So, so, so you have an opportunity, dear listener, yeah. to be part of the groundswell. And uh, word, the, of, word of mouth is the product really that. So if you're already enjoying it, the product that you're enjoying will only get better the more that you share it. That's true. Because we will have a better foundation to be able to invite guests on. Yeah. That's so exciting to think about. I love yeah, thinking about that. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. All right. Well, thanks for your time. We just wanted to, it's kind of an, a different sort of podcast, but just let everyone know where our head's at, why we're doing this at all. We're really excited about the future. We love spending our time doing this mm-hmm. and, uh, interacting with those that reach out. So yeah, any, if any ideas or, uh, questions that you have, again, please write into the show. You can reach us at open to truth podcast at gmail.com. Uh, leaving reviews on iTunes is really important too, That'd apparently really helpful. for, yeah. um, rankings and like getting for the, featured and stuff for, for the guest stuff. Um, they yeah. want, they want to see that you are a reviewed thing on iTunes. So yeah. leave, leave one of those super helpful. Only great. if it's a good one. We'll read them out, even I'm, if they're I'm bad. Ki- I'd read them out if <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, bad. Yeah, that's fine. That'd be funny. Alrighty. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next see time. Have a good one.